Welcome to Your Calling, our podcast, the podcast for Evangel University. Evangel actually means good news, and we want to share good news with you about the incredible ways our alumni, students, and friends are changing the world. I'm your host, Hector Cruz, and I work in the University Advancement Office at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri. But before introducing our guests, we'd like to thank the Assemblies of God Credit Union for sponsoring this podcast. Founded by Assemblies of God employees in 1951, AGCU provides day-to-day banking services for people across the United States and missionaries in 190 countries worldwide. When you bank with AGCU, you're helping support church ministry, university scholarships and programs, and humanitarian efforts. Today's guest is Jerrica Matrone. Jerrica has been on staff at Red Rocks Church in Denver for nearly 10 years as a worship leader. She's also a songwriter and artist for Red Rocks Worship. As part of her job, Jerrica curates and directs the weekend experience for their in-person and online church campuses. She loves to write songs that inspire the church to fix its eyes on the person and presence of Jesus. She's passionate about creating moments for people to encounter God through an authentic environment, passionate worship, and spirit-led teaching. She's our 2021 CBC Outstanding Young Alumna, and we will be honoring her more formally during Homecoming at Evangel this fall on October 22nd and 23rd. You can register online now at www.evangel.edu slash homecoming. Jerrica, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit more. We were talking uh, beforehand. We have some mutual connections, but never had the chance to actually meet. So um, and first of all, congratulations on, the, on this honor. Thank you. I, I do. I feel really, really honored. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Tell me a little bit about uh, where you were born, wh- where you grew up and things like that. Yeah, I was I was born in, well, it's called Monette, Missouri, but basically Springfield um, area. I grew up uh, kind of born and raised. So In Southwest um, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, Southwest Missouri. <laughs> so brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have, um, I've got a big family. Um, and I, um, and I've got like 12 siblings. So I, well, like siblings. Family. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, um, we definitely, we adopted, you know, later on, um, okay. kind of like when I was a little bit older. So just a, a crazy, a crazy crew. That's and amazing. So, so how many biological siblings, how many adopted siblings? Um, so I, I have, um, two, uh, like full, uh, blood, I guess, okay. siblings. And then I have a half sister and then, um, and then two stepkids and then however many is left. We're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. The math, when you get to that level, it gets a little challenging. Yeah. I'd start like, you know, using my hands to figure that out. So, yeah. And yeah. your toes too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the, I like that question because, you know, you usually you can cu- try to deduce some things from the birth order, but I don't know if the birth order rules apply when you have 12 siblings. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I grew up the youngest and then we kind of, you know, they all moved out and then I was the oldest, but in the lineup, I'm in the middle. So I don't know if any of that works. Yeah. With, for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. So um, tell me about, uh, you were at CBC. Tell me when you graduated from CBC and uh, what your your major was, your degree? Yeah, so I, I graduated in uh, 2011, so 10 years um, ago, which is crazy. Um, my, my degree actually was in children's ministry, um, which I, um, I really loved. And ultimately, yeah, 
ended up leading me to just like Bible pastoral leadership, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, finished out my degree with kids ministry and then, um, yeah. That's awesome. So 10 years ago, so did you graduate and go directly to Red Rocks or what was that journey like? Yeah. So, uh, so my husband and I, uh, dated toward the end of college. He actually moved to Denver and interned at Red Rocks church, um, in gosh, that was 2010. And then I, I graduated 2011 and I did, I moved right out a couple weeks after graduation. We got engaged and been here since. Um, yeah. So you got, did you get hired on staff right away or did you intern as well? Or I, um, I, volunteered for probably it must have been nine months and then they launched back then it was their first campus location you know uh, other than the main uh location um yeah and so i was hired um in 2012 early 2012 for that so yeah and how many campuses do they have now um i i believe we have five campuses uh i mean i feel like i'm gonna get that wrong i think so there's yeah, four local. Then we have one in Austin and one in Brussels, Belgium. Wow. Um, That's awesome. That's an incredible amount of growth over a pretty short period of time. What's that been like to be a part of that journey? Yeah, I, you know, when I first moved out here, uh, when, you know, my husband was quote unquote interning, I'm saying that, but he was really like the janitor, you know, like, um, but that was pause there. Shout out to, uh, Andrew Matrone He's a, yes. a friend of mine. We were in school together at evangel. So he's an evangel alum. You're a CBC alum. Um, and, um, and he was, would have been what a year or two ahead of you, I'm guessing. Yeah, he was a year ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now I'm, we are basically empowering you with some, uh, some ammunition for if you guys ever get in a disagreement, like, Hey, I'm the outstanding young alum here. So, oh. Oh, it's already been used. Oh, it's already good. good. It. I, you know, I've, I've teased him about it for sure. Um, so you, so he was the janitor. Yeah. So he was, he was a janitor. I, I volunteered, um, out of college. You know, I, I actually used that time to my advantage when I moved here, no one knew me at all. And yeah. no one really knew that I, I was a worship leader, um, when I first moved out here. And so I kind of just enjoyed volunteering. I volunteered and, um, the youth ministry and, um, and then eventually I started singing on a volunteer basis. And then, like I said, when they, back then it was like, Hey, we're going to hire you for this, this campus thing. It was very like untested, um, very new. Um, and they were like, you know, we're going to try it. If it doesn't work, you know, not sure if we'll keep you, (laughs) But I was, you know, I was up for it. And and so um, now the campus that I was hired for, which is our Littleton campus, is now our broadcast campus. Okay. Um, and I still work at, at the Littleton campus. Okay. So, yeah. um, so obviously you're a worship leader now. Your degree was in children's ministry, but I'm guessing you still led worship while you were a student at CBC in some capacity? I did. You know, I, I've kind of always done worship. Um, in one way or another, even when I, w- when I was a kid, um, which is, I think why I, I kind of chose the path of children's ministry. Cause I really, um, you know, I believe in the future generation, um, still very passionate about that. Uh, but I, during my time, it was during my time at CBC where I really, um, it was almost like I couldn't, I don't know how to say it. Like I couldn't get away from worship, like yeah. opportunity 
just kept kind of presenting themselves and I just walked through doors as they would come. Yeah. Uh, I led a, uh, you know, on a chapel team and things like that, but I just kept, you know, a lot of my opportunity was surrounded with worship. And so I, I started being like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm hearing you. I think this yeah. is part of my calling. I think this may be my calling. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's what I was getting at too. It was, you know, you, you, it's interesting that children's ministry was your major, but now you're, you're kind of full time on the worship side. And it, it's, in, tell me about kind of that progression that you just mentioned of, of walking through, okay, this, these are the opportunities that keep presenting themselves. Maybe this is where I, I need to lean into. Yeah, I think, well, I knew, you know, even as a 18 year old freshman, I knew ministry was it for me. Like okay. I, you know, I didn't know. I mean, clearly I didn't know exactly which path I was going to take for me up until that point, you know, kids and youth really had been as a teenager, you know, that was kind of the platform that I did have. Yeah. And I actually led, it's funny looking back, I, I was the worship leader in all of those avenues in, in children's ministry and um, youth ministry, things like that. Um, but I just, you know, I also really enjoyed the speaking side of things and the past, the pastoral elements. I, I instilled to this day, I've all my teammates would be, you know, like I have a very, you know, pastoral presence. Yeah. Um, cause I just, I really love to come alongside of people. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that that kind of just, it was just this natural progression of like, okay, I know I'm called the full-time ministry. Um, however that looks. And I think I was just up for the ride of it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's something to be said when when we just open our hands and our hearts and say, "Okay, Lord, wherever you lead," and uh, He's able to do incredible things when when we do that. So, um, understand you've you're a songwriter as well. You've written some worship songs. Tell me about some of the songs that you've written and and what that experience was like. Yeah, um, man. One of my favorite one of my favorite songs that. I've written on was kind of the first time that we dabbled in, you know, writing songs for our church. We just, at the time, there was a really small group of us. I think it was three or four of us. Um, and we were like, man, it'd be really special to like write songs for like our people. And yeah. so uh, a coworker of mine, um, his name is Jake SB and I wrote, sat down, you know, long time ago now to, to write this song called fill this place. Mm. Um, and we, we wanted it to just be for our church, like this an invitation to like, Lord, just come and fill this place. Like as we worship, you know, be in our praises and we kind of wanted something up tempo. And so we were like, you know, up tempo songs are hard, you know? Yeah. So we were, like, we're going to write a great one. And, um, <laughs> and now, you know, looking back, it's funny because that song, um, where kind of for years, nothing happened with it. We sang it at our church, but really it was just, you know, it was for our church and we, yeah. we loved it and it was special to us. But, um, you know, when we, when Red Rocks worship ended up, you know, being signed with our label and things like that, there was always this like longevity of like interest in that song, uh, from people. And it was just this cool thing to be like, that was one of, I think it was maybe the first song we ever sang that was original. Wow. with our church. And we actually, I think it was two years ago, just re-released a new version of it. Um, so it's kind of been this fun journey uh, with that one. Um, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. what's been the reach of, of that song? How, you know, how, how many people have, have used it? Can you track those types of things? 
Oh my goodness. I was not prepared. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I know you can track it for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I've definitely heard, you know, a lot of stories of churches, you know, it's fun. We get to hear sometimes where churches get to try songs or, and especially when a song clicks, um, yeah, that's, that's like a special moment. So that's what, that's one of them. Um, yeah. well, probably can share stories about a bunch of them, but yeah. Admittedly, I am, I am not an artsy person or a musically inclined person. <laughs> um, and so this, the, the process is, is fascinating to me from the standpoint of, of, okay, a worship song, you know, there's, there's a high level of emotion tied to it. Right. I mean, um, but then when you think of other songs they can that are not worship songs sometimes they can feel very formulaic especially when you think about pop songs and things like that how do you strike that balance of you know here's a song that need, it needs to be catchy but at the same time we want the message to be genuine and authentic i mean that seems like a really really tall task yeah i mean there's oh man there's obviously i think every you know songwriter or artist in general um has their own process that they kind of enjoy going about songwriting. I think, I think when it comes to worship music, um, you know, it's funny cause there is sometimes there's, you know, the unspoken formula of like, you know, a rhyme scheme or like, yeah. Yeah. or, but I think when you get that song that feels like, you know, it kind of like, there's like a magic in the room or like, mm. Oh, you know, like that clicked and that that's it. That's for our church. That's what we meant to say. That's, mm. um, that's, you know, what the, we feel the Lord is speaking even now in this room kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that that magic kind of happens. It doesn't happen every time. And so I think that's what makes the ones that feel special. We take note of for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah. how, how do you like, what's your, um, you and your team's process in terms of like does somebody in particular write the lyrics and then you try to fit the lyrics to a piece of music or do you write the music and then you try to find lyrics to fit the music? What's that look like? Um, I've definitely, I've definitely written both ways. Um, I've where I've, you know, some creatives like kind of come with like a track or, or something to build on and it's kind of easy to hear the hook or hear just musically. And so Sometimes I actually find it's easier for me to write that way because I kind of hear melodically what they were thinking. And, um, I, you know, you can kind of support that and yeah. come around that. Um, but a lot of times, I de and definitely with our team, um, we kind of start really stripped down. You know, someone's kind of noodling around on a guitar or a piano, and there's not really a specific chord progression quite yet. Or And we'll discuss a lot of times, you know, when we're writing with our team, we discuss what our church needs. Mm. Like that's, that's the first priority. Cause we, you know, if, if it works at our church, it'll work at your church and it'll work at the next church. Um, you know, hopefully that's the hope. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think a lot of times we just kind of sit and we chat actually for a while to start, you know, right. is like, Hey, what, what do we feel like the Lord is speaking? Mm. Um, kind of get a, a pulse on each other as well. Like, Hey, you know, where are you at right now? Like what, I think it just helps bring, um, trust into the room. Yeah. And then once that's established and then maybe sometimes there's a clear vision, sometimes it's like, I don't know, let's just try this. Or I liked this. Um, but 
you know, most of the time we're able, especially with our team, because we write together a good amount, we're able to kind of get some sort of finished product, whether we use it or not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned just this talking at the beginning, almost to kind of warm up, you know, to the idea of, of being, you know, creative. It's, that was going to be my next question was how, do, how does it work when you're like, all right, uh, here's our day today at two o'clock this afternoon, we're all going to be creative and write a song. And then after that, we've got to, you know, I mean, it, oh, being yeah. creative, quote unquote, is not necessarily something, at least for me, that you can plan for. How do you, how do you account for the times when you feel like you're, you're needing to put something together or the times in the middle of the night where you wake up and you're like, you have, you're struck by inspiration and have an idea? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think taking that time, you know, to prepare your heart, you know, sometimes for me, I mean, I'm just practically speaking, I'm a mom of two young kids. Um, and so sometimes when I'm showing up to a co-write, you know, I'm like a crazy person and my hair's on the top of my head. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, I just, you know, I, I just made a school lunch and I'm like, throwing my kid to the nanny like okay see ya I gotta go Uh, be creative yeah I gotta go I gotta go write you know a great song for our church (laughs) Uh, and so I I think for me a lot of times you know I I just use like small moments like the Lord you know he's always speaking and moving Um, and so I think for me I think some of the obedience of songwriting is just preparing your heart when you enter a room and coming prepared sometimes I come with an idea or others will, um, or sometimes it's a blank slate, but most like every ride I've, I've been in is like just this, we, we take a moment. Sometimes it's like, Oh, we need to like worship and set our hearts in a good spot. And, um, and, and then I think it's just that obedience of like, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to expect that the Lord is going to show up because he wants to, he wants to speak. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm, I've always been fascinated by the creative process. So this is this is really cool for me to to hear and, and how like just real it is. Like, you know what? Sometimes I'm in the zone and sometimes I'm not. Um, but some yeah. strategies on how to get to that place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, I, I will say, you know, there are songs that we write that are like, you know, they're not bad songs or whatever. It's just yeah. like they don't they don't make it anywhere. And I've I used to get really discouraged, you know, when, when we'd leave and even if a song didn't get finished and it just wasn't gelling. And I, I'm like, I think it's, it's habitual, like doing it habitually. And it's like, a, it's like a workout. You're exercising that muscle yeah, and either cool. way it's a good outcome because you exercised that muscle. And so the next time it could be that magic moment, um, where it all clicks, but it wasn't that time and that's okay. That's a really, really good and insightful analogy. I mean, because it's like every time you go to the gym or you go to exercise, you're not necessarily going to set a PR. But yeah. those times when you don't set, you know, a record or, or or set, you know, your personal best, they're preparing you for the times when you will. And, exactly. and it's important. To, the repetition is important. That's so good. So mm-hmm. in in the in between times, you're you're married, you've got a family, you've got a job, and all of these things. What kind of hobbies do you enjoy to kind of just let loose and and relax? Yeah, I. I, I have to admit, I feel like my hobbies right now are like, again, mom of two here. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, my hobbies, can Netflix be a hobby? Cause if so, <laughs> that's like, you know, nothing. No, I, yeah. I think my biggest, my biggest hobby that, you know, my husband or my friends would joke about is I feel like I'm a collector of like it, traveling and experience and culture. Like I, 
if I, if I have like a spare minute, I'm taking a last trip somewhere, like a last minute trip to, you know, God knows where. Cause I just, I just enjoy. Yeah. I, I enjoy places and yeah. Different that's, food and culture. Yeah. That's it. That's reinvigorating for you. Yeah. 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 And I feel like for me, that's inspiring and that's something that gives my soul rest. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know. Um, okay. This, this hang with me here on this segue. So you were a okay. children's ministry major. Now you're a worship leader from CBC. Um, but the music um, connection is what I'm going to lean into for okay. this commercial so that I can tell people about the music department at Evangel University, which is chaired by yes. the one and only Dr. Tom Matrone, your father-in-law. Yes, I'm all about this. What How's that? Transition. Was that a good transition? Okay, <laughs> yes. I, I wasn't sure if it was a stretch. So the music department at Evangel University is accredited by the National Association of Schools of Music and offers majors in music, music education, music performance, music recording technology, and music worship leadership. Each program is carefully designed to ensure that students build strong musical skills, gain professional training, and experience a wide range of musical activities, which includes traveling overseas and performing in some amazing places. So um, all chaired by your father-in-law. So there you go. There's the, yes. there's the connection. Yes. So going back to just before your experience at CBC, how did you hear about CBC and, and, and what brought you to CBC? Um. I think growing up in Springfield, it just kind of felt like it was like a staple, just like, uh, you know, Evangeline and CBC just felt like these like, you know, staples in the community. I don't know. I'd drive by them and whatever. And my, my mom actually attended CBC for, okay. Um, so I was going to ask short, if there was a family connection somewhere. Yeah. Just, she did for, um, her associates and I, you know, I just, I'd come to class with her or whatever when I was young and I don't know, there's just always something about, about it. And then I think what drew me in as I got older was I just, I truly did feel the call of God on my life at a pretty young age. I, and I know that the call of God looks different for other people, you know, or each individual person. But for me, I really just, it was this thing that no matter, you know, where I was at in my childhood or my teenage years or whatever it just like it stuck with me like I just knew I wanted to I, I wanted to do that with my life and church yeah. ministry just felt like the right exact fit for me and um and so you know in making that decision I think it was just it was easy to be like and you know at the time I thought I you know definitely wanted to do ministry also I loved children's ministry and worship yeah. and I just I liked being around it you know so yeah. That's good. So how did that experience at CBC shape you? Oh, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's oh why we put it in here. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I feel like going to a Christian college, right? It gives you, I mean, first and foremost, it just gives you community that encourages your your calling in general, you yeah. know, like whatever that looks like. And, That's good. you know, for for me, that was actually a really big deal to just be somewhere, you know, I wasn't some, you know, perfect person going to a Christian college. And I think I just really knew that I wanted good community around me yeah, uh, and good, you know, like-minded believers and whatever they were going to do. It didn't matter to me, you know, with their calling. It just, 
I needed that support system and encouragement when, cause ministry, um, and even pursuing like, you know, a, a degree, it's just a, it's a challenging time of life. And, yeah. and you really question a lot about yourself and about God and, um, the world. And so it's going to support that your pursuit of that, those answers is your, your pursuit of that yeah. truth. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I might be running away from the question, but ha- ha- like, how did it shape me? I think, you know, at CBC in particular, you know, I, I enjoyed, um, just feeling like the whole campus was, you know, about full-time ministry, but also, you know, even knowing, you know, my husband's experience with evangel, I think more, it was just being around the invite, the worship environments and having, you know, gatherings at night or, or whatever would happen, you know, just worshiping in the dorm rooms, just again, just being around like-minded people. I think it shaped so much of who I am and ultimately led me toward worship. You know, it was those like, you know, moments in, honestly, in the dorm room with, you know, a group of girls or whatever, just, Hey, you know, we need to worship now or like, um, or like I would need prayer or someone, yeah, yeah, someone need prayer. And, and you just, it was just cultivating, honestly, even being in the dorms like that cultivated a pastoral heart. You don't turn it off at any given time. You know, it's just, it was something that if someone needed prayer at, you know, midnight, you know, then that's what we did. And I, and I enjoyed being in a safe environment to do that. And I really do think it shaped that pastoral heart and that heart for worship and uh, being passionate for, you know, helping people experience God. Um, Yeah. That's, I mean, the same experience at Evangel. I mean, you know, where um, I, and I think a lot of people came, at least for me, I came to Evangel because it had the, the, the majors I was interested in, but at, at yeah. the same time, I knew it was a place that was going to want to build my faith rather than, than, than tear it down. It was going to want me to answer life's hard questions, which are totally natural for 18, 19, 20 year olds to, to ask. Yeah. Allow me to ask those questions in a place that, that was going to be safe for me and build my faith up. And I, and I think that's, that's what you're saying is you were able to walk through some of those questions in a safe environment. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very formative for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, same. So, um, if you didn't do what you were doing now, what would you be doing? I, I actually, I have thought about this several times because I, um, there, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit like all over the place. Like I, I definitely, enjoy a lot of different things, but I feel like one of the things that I think maybe on like more serious side, maybe like marketing and branding, I actually really like, I enjoy that side of okay. things, but also, um, I used to want to do cosmetology and okay. hair and, you know, makeup and things like that, or maybe even be a, what are they called? A flight attendant just to go places. Well, that would go with your travel, you know, yes. your love for travel and stuff. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And make it possible for you to travel in a in a much more fiscally possible way. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I still think about being. I'm like, maybe I could just do it like once a week and get good deals <laughs> or go somewhere. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. So um, I don't know if you're a reader or not. What books are you reading now? Or if you had to make a one or two book recommendations, what would you suggest people read? Yeah, I, I. I have to admit, I'm not like the biggest reader, but I actually am. I just started um, 
Well, and you have two yeah. young kids at home, so I know. You, you get I, a pass. I think, I think it's the season of life. You know, you read a lot in college and you're like, you know what? I think that's going to last me for a minute. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know so much 10 years later, but um, no, I, I actually just started reading. I mean, like just started reading. Um, it's called a friend sent it to me and it's called Defiant Joy okay. um, by Stacey Eldridge. But I actually, I've already enjoyed it because I just, you know, the pace of life in which I run, um, I think I, you know, it's easy to lose your joy with what you're doing and in ministry in general. I think it's really easy to know that you're doing good things, but it, it's not fueling your soul. And there, there's yeah. a disconnect um, between you and God when that starts to happen. Especially so I think it's, this last year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just started reading, reading that and yeah. That's awesome. I, and who's it by? Uh, Stacy Eldridge. Oh, so Eldridge. Okay. just a good. Got it. Yeah. We'll, we'll give her a shout out. We'll tag her and see if, uh, if she gives us a little like or a thumbs up or something. So. There you go. I love it. Good. There we go. Stacey, she's a, she's a gem. So, Good. so, uh, one game that we like to play on here is called two truths and a lie. And it's a little unfair. Cause I ask you a bunch of questions about yourself so that I can get an advantage. And then you have to try to trick me and, uh, tell me two truths and a lie. And I have to try to guess what's what. Okay. So if you need a minute, think of three things, two of them true, one of them a lie. And, um, and then I'll try to guess which is which. So, okay. you ready? Okay. Um, okay, go ahead. I wish I was. Hopefully, I'm a. Hopefully, I'm a good liar. Is that a good thing to want? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I've been. I've been to Africa five times. Okay. Um, I am currently working on publishing a cookbook, and I am fluent in sign language whoo boy um okay so africa five times cookbook and sign language man i have no clue on this one uh i'm gonna say um okay I have a theory and those that have okay. listened to the other podcasts will probably are sick of okay. and tired of hearing me say this. I have a theory that if somebody includes some, some number or some detail in one of these, that, that it's a technicality in that way, okay. that that's, that's going to be the lie. So I'm going to say the Africa thing five times is a lie um, because it's either more or less than five. I'm going to say the cookbook is true. And the, um, well, what was the other one? Sign language. I'm going to say the sign language thing is true. Okay. Do I reveal now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Would, okay. did, I do it? did I get it right? I, I'm actually really proud to say that I have tricked you because <laughs> I am the world's worst cook. And I threw that in there just to give a shout out to my husband <laughs> that he does all of our cooking. And okay. I really, yeah. But I, I, yes, I've been, I've been to Africa several times. I actually was going to say I have 12 siblings, but I said it earlier. So I was you like, did. I got to yeah. See, else. I would have, I would have been able to guess that. So you've been to Africa five times. Yeah. Yes. And then, okay. And so, you and then, and I influenced sign language my, so, and I withheld this earlier, but with my siblings, we adopted deaf children. Okay. Gotcha. So, so wow. yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yep. Well, I don't mind being tricked because it's just uh, reveals a couple, 
a couple more neat uh, tidbits of information about you and how awesome you are and so well deserving of this honor of this award and um, really just appreciate you spending time with with me today what I've asked you all the questions what questions do you have for me um yeah well first of all thank you so much for for this opportunity this is so special and I am I just really am a huge believer in evangel and uh, my days at CBC as well. But I just, yeah, really, really love, I love what you guys are doing. Um, I actually was going to ask you, what is like, like for you, what is, what's the thing that fuels you to do? Like, is, is this podcast something that really excites you to get to share and, and meet and connect with people? Like what is, what part of your job is, is the thing that you're most passionate about and keeps you going? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I think, I think, yeah, doing, doing these podcasts is is probably one of the favorite parts of my job. Of course, I I can say that about a lot of different parts of my job. I mean, probably the overarching theme that I love most is my, the opportunity that I have to meet people. Hmm. And, Obviously, like I went to Evangel and lots of, of kindred spirits with with CBC alumni and, and, and all of our expanded alumni family and, and Evangel alumni, of course. And, um, you know, this idea of calling and all of those things, like I get to meet people who had a similar like we have a shared experience of right. going to a place that was formative in our lives and impacted us uh, on a soul level. Um, and helped us, you know, find the calling that God had for us. And and I get to hear how that played out in in their lives and how wow. God guided their lives from the time they were here to whatever they've gone on to accomplish. And I think for me, um, working with alumni for a couple of years and getting to meet people and hear those stories, the, the thought kept coming back, man, if if we could just get those stories out there for people wow. and, That's you know, cool. and share that with, if more people could hear how awesome our alumni are and, and the incredible things God is doing through them. That to me is really the story of Evangel and the story of CBC and AGTS and, and our shared, you know, commitment to pursuing the call God has in our lives. Um, I think that that's kind of was the heart behind starting this podcast was we just, you know, just a chance to, to share the story of Evangel and our alumni in another way. And, um, and, and through the eyes and, th- and through the mouths of the alumni themselves, like you shared, you know, the, with us today. So um, getting to hear those stories is one of one of the, the, the best parts of my job. There are others, but that this is certainly one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I mean, I get I get in here and I, I lock my door, I turn off my my email, like I, I don't want any because yeah. it's just, it, it's so interesting to hear what God is doing through people's lives. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's definitely a gift. And I think anyone listening who is an alumni or, or if people are tuning in, you know, even just checking out the school and trying to, like, I just, I think it's a special thing to, to hear stories, you know, of like people who have gone on to do amazing, you know, yeah. really cool stuff. And, and it's, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. And, um, my husband raved about you too. He was like, he's just the best guy. So I just, you know, i <laughs> Um, I'm sure he's withholding something. Yeah, well, I'll send him a check. I'll send him a check later, and I'll Venmo him some money later. So, um, and I will tell you too, this we were not put up to this by Tom to as a means of trying to see his grandkids. You know, in in October during homecoming, if you guys come back, he was. We joked about that. You, you, this is totally legit. You earned this, so you hold over all their heads as much as you want. Yeah, we. You know, my husband and I. I've been like, you know, I. 
I've been teasing him like, oh, I got this award. And, and he, he's like, oh, you only got it because Tom wants to see the kids, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to take that off the table right now. This is legit. It's all yours. And so thanks so much for, for joining me and to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to your calling our podcast until next time I'm Hector Cruz and don't forget to share the good news and be the good news. God bless. Mm-hmm.